this is uh, This is Joe Cole. This is Ruben off the cheek, and you're listening to the London, the London is Blue, Blue podcast. podcast. All right, Chelsea fans, welcome back to another episode of the London is Blue podcast. As always, it's Brandon, my host Nick and Dan, and gentlemen, this is my pacing. There's only one, two matches left. One more match this week, and then final and Super Sunday. I think I'm more excited for it to be over, if I'm being completely honest with you. Of course. Congrats, Man City. Yeah. Uh, hey. Not Arsenal won. Hey, now, <laughs> there it is. now, can we just say, and I tweeted this the other day, caught a little bit of traction, so I'm shouting myself out mostly, but the fact that in a season where Tottenham and Arsenal were fighting it out and they're you know doing their thing and that they both capitulated so hilariously at the end. Uh, Spurs were like, what, three or four spots ahead of us after being in fourth for most of the year? Uh, this has been absolutely heartwarming as a Chelsea fan. And while we are not very good, uh, the fact that in their greatest season in 20 years, Arsenal still won as many trophies as we did, two thumbs up on it. So once they got into first place, there was only one week until they blew it in the last four that they weren't in four in first so they were 93 percent of the season they were in first by week three they were in first and wrote it had a blip in week 22 and then wrote it again uh which is funny because if you see man city they're just the shark lurking underneath the surface the entire time and then ha shark attack that's just erling holland actually that's just he's just down but then his jaws at the end bam Uh Yeah, so we could talk a lot about that, but unfortunately, we're going to have to save it uh, because this is the Chelsea versus Manchester City match review. We're going to be looking at a, a quick recap of Chelsea's performance, in quotation marks, against the champions. Look at whose stock is on the rise ahead of the summer window, as we've started to do more recently. And then a roundup of the latest reports on Chelsea, including some rumored destinations for current players. That's right. It's not all about ins. There's a lot of outs this summer so to kick it off as we always do dan temp check of the people the three word match review yeah ringo with holland didn't score that's right did not score against chelsea this season so if you want to talk about one positive stat of note that's a good one because he scored a lot and a lot against multiple teams grizz with the we watch city tv it did feel like that at times michael with the blah blay ba in terms of ways to describe the match, which feels about right. <laughs> Allen with the beaten by substitutes and fits with th- Frank's for the memories. Or thanks for memories. Tricky. Tricky, Frank's tricky. for the memories. Blah, 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 blah. There you go. Fallout boy in your face. Brandon, take that. I I will. I'm going to take it and avoid it and continue to, to move. I said, uh, you're welcome, city. That's right. We, we really, really rolled over on this one for you. So you're welcome. Nick, what about you? We there yet? Question mark? Dad, are we we there yet? Almost. Very close, Dan. Lastly, catered the coronation. Because you don't really remember caterers on the day. You don't remember the individual <laughs> caterer. We were just there as the backdrop for city celebrations. And we didn't mess it up for him. So they had a great day. Wonderful Surprised day we didn't. Surprised didn't wear the tuxes, Dan. That would have been a nice, you know, little serving tray. That would have been. Well, Simon Johnson did have the tweet that Chelsea were doing the extended guard of honor, which felt yeah. absolutely right for the way we were just letting them stride through the middle of the park for large parts of the match. Just yeah. clapping the entire time. Yeah. yeah what do you say? Is like 25th minute and Chelsea are still stuck in their guard of honor or something like that? Yeah. yeah. Tough, tough, tough. Um, all right. Well, uh, we can go ahead and say a huge thanks to Charles who joined Patreon and Apple Podcasts, the five star reviews with CPT.3 from the US. And again, continuing to drive uh, that four, 4.9 rating. We're getting close to 3K. Would really love to reach that by the end of the season so that we have something to celebrate because that's where we're at as Chelsea fans. So if we could unite amongst that, I think that'll that'll bring some joy to people's lives. Uh, and if you were like, hey, guys, you produced a shit ton of podcasts last week. You are correct. We did produce a shit ton of podcasts. Uh, I would go back and listen to the Chelsea Youth or Cobham Crew special with Chelsea Youth. Uh, that was great. Brandon and, and Phil breaking it all down at the end of the Academy season. And then there were two Le Tinkerman episodes that were published Friday and Saturday. So if you're not a, uh, a Saturday listener, typically... Go back during your week. Go listen to those. They're really great. 
Um, Joe and Seb, uh, the lay Tinkerman, uh, are doing a great job on that. So just want to shout those out. I know we produce a shit ton of content. It's hard to keep track of sometimes. Just go back in your feed and click play and do your thing. You're welcome. Enjoy it. Just don't miss it. That's the big thing. Don't miss the goodness. But we're going to jump into the match review here. It was Man City this past Saturday, the 21st of May. There it is, Dan. There it is. We even asked pre, pre-pod, pre Nick, are there anything to worry about? Dan, no. No, no bombs. It was Sunday, May 21st, Dan. Sunday in the Premier League. Not at Stanford Chelsea-esque. Bridge. At the Etihad Stadium. You are absolutely <laughs> miserable right now. Manchester City won. Chelsea nil. Got that right. Goal from Alvarez in the 12th minute. So we're going to go ahead and turn it over to Chelsea to run it back with the official highlights. Thank you to the Chelsea and the Fifth Stand app, the only official app from Chelsea, for letting us use these. Go subscribe and download it if you haven't. We'll be right back. Alvarez, Hasn't taken City long to go in front, and it's Julian Alvarez against Chelsea again. Oh, lovely ball. Sterling, one-on-one here. Can he find a finish? Straight at Ortega. It's a really good chance for Chelsea to draw level. This ball. Oh, that's a good ball, and Conor Gallagher at the back post hits the post. Ball to his left in loads of space if he gets his head at Raheem Sterling. Sterling hangs on to it. Now he plays it to Hall. And have a go with the swinger. Lewis Hall, he got it right on target as well. Terrific effort with his weaker foot. So close to his first City goal. Sterling on the counter for Chelsea. There's ahead of him, Havertz too. Space again, left side for Hall. That's where the ball's going. It's Hall again. He's going to go for goal again. Turned away by Ortega and Havertz couldn't quite snaffle the rebound. Here's Sterling. Another chance for Raheem Sterling. Can he take it? Sterling! Oh, as it crept over the line, it was so close. Michael Oliver says... Going on for now, Alvarez turns it in for two. Chelsea say handball, and now the goal's given. Well, we know what happens nine times out of ten when the referee comes over to the monitor. He only needs one look. They say no goal, handball. Good run from Pulisic, good cross as well, and that's been a quetta. Almost equalised with what might be the last kick of the game. All right, lineup time, Dan. Let's see if you can tiptoe your way through these murky waters, huh? Well, look, uh, one game for Ibo Mendy, and then it's Kepa back between the sticks. Wes Fafana, Thiago Silva, and Trev Chalba as a back three with Azpilicueta and Lewis Hall on the wings. Enzo and Ruben Loftus-Cheek along with Connor Gallagher in the middle. And then it was Kai Havertz and Raheem Sterling up top. You saw Mikhailo Mudrik and Nona Matueke come in in the 69th minute, and then you saw a double sub in the 81st minute for Cal- uh, Lewis Hall coming out for Kalidou Koulibaly, and then Chukwameka making a... Crazy appearance. Very wild to see him back in the lineup. For Koulibaly. For Loftus-Cheek. What? Yeah, that, that, that did happen. Uh, and then you saw Christian Pulisic came into a Chelsea match. I do believe someone indicated that was not going to happen before the end of the season. He got five minutes. Doesn't matter. Still oh, counts. Dan, Dan was looking at me while saying that. <laughs> yeah. Congrats, I, I, Dan. You really nailed it. <laughs> you, yeah. you feel good about that, do you? I feel great. Well, yeah, okay. We'll, we'll talk about Lampard's comments after the match. So we had a couple of those players. Uh, but overall, I, I actually think, Nick, that sheds more light onto the lineup and maybe the decisions they went to. Again, we're going from back three to back four. I'm sorry, back four to back three. I even talked about it. It's like, oh, look, the team's starting to settle in. Like, um, Trevo looked good as a right back, a traditional right back. You're right. Now let's make him play left center back today. That'll really keep him on his toes. And like, he's never played with Lewis Hall before. It's just like, uh, this the end of the season is just really starting to like hurt it's, my it's brain. Painful. Yeah, it's painful. I, I, it, I the the guys on on NBC were talking, and I, I could kind of see where they were coming from. Although it was a little uh, frustrating between all of the uh, the city coronation Chelsea are horrible talk. 
Um, they're like, well, do we think that like Frank and and Potch are talking behind the scenes about who Potch needs to see play to make a judgment call on and stuff like that? And and maybe that is happening. Maybe I'm naive, but it feels secondary to the team just going out and performing and. I mean, if that is happening, if you are trotting out Kai Havertz, if you are trotting out uh, Aspi, if you are trotting out Ruben Loftus Cheek or whatever, so we're doing tryouts midseason now. Like that, it seems very odd to me. Uh, and again, it's entirely feasible that I, Nick Verlani, am naive in this one particular instance, but I, I would hope that isn't the case. And but I also can understand why people are frustrated that they aren't seeing Madueke, that they aren't seeing Mudrik. Because as Dan has illustrated, some of these subs made a huge impact on the team. So it's like, what the hell? I, I mean, according to Matt, he doesn't think there are going to be any conversations between those two uh, at this point. Um, and so I, I think I think you're okay with that take. Um, how about this? A little bit surprising. We had 1.23x goals. So they're 1.09. So is this like NHL where if you get to overtime, you each get a point, but someone still wins? I just, we had... We had Four more shots on target. We had almost the same amount of total shots. I mean, I don't, I don't think this was our worst performance of the year. Do you, I mean, do you guys? Like, it was not great, but it wasn't the worst. No, I mean, I, I mean, one team did rotate extremely heavily. And, I, their, and Sofa Score has it as a three-three-one-three formation, so that probably was a thing that we hadn't seen before. <laughs> like classic Pep. I did look at Foot Mob Dan though too, and they said three-two-four-one. Either way, City came out just in a very interesting situation, in a shape, and look, there's some big numbers on the field. 82, Rico Lewis, 80, Cole Palmer. Talking some NFL receiver numbers out there. (laughs) Yeah, Dan. Some of them were burning our players, (laughs) as well as receivers burning center backs, or uh, cornerbacks, rather, in the uh, the NFL. A little tough. Uh, One random stat this time not coming from Opta, which it really should just be Opta's placeholder you you found this on reddit dan i did yeah a user time waved put a comment together saying you haven't scored a single goal against man city since our champions league final i'd heard that too yeah yikes look from a trade-off we kept it close probably the right trade probably the right trade however well yeah and I, i would say this too like during that time city has beaten us one nil in the league one nil in the league, two nil in the league cup, which we know we rotated like crazy because we had that injury uh, situation. Four nil in the FA Cup right after the World Cup, and one nil in the league, one nil in the league. These are not trouncings in the league. They're usually really tight games, and of course, Chelsea under Tuchel were the perfect foil for what Pep and City were doing because we were so tight defensively, and we had the right structure to kind of open up space behind their back line. But even since then, it's not as if they're Maurizio Sarri six nilling us. Like mm-hmm. that's not what's happening here. And I think it's important to put that in context because they are the best team in the world right now. They are going to convincingly win the Champions League final. They are going to beat the absolute snot out of United in the FA Cup final. I don't think there could be any doubt about that. So Lukaku plays the spoiler. <laughs> 89th right. minute. Yeah. Winner! Dan, all right, enough out of you. Um, but they're the best team in the world. And like if you if you really look at how they played against us in the league, yes, they rotated everybody because they have other shit to play for and we don't. But like this is this is not them beating Arsenal 4-0 a few weeks ago. Like you know, yeah, we, that's we typically true. put up a decent fight against them. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, the photo of the city bench today was it, it was pretty funny. Yeah, you kind of like, but you knew that was going to happen, right? So that's why I didn't captain er, Captain Erling Holland in fantasy Premier League. Duh. That is, but that's the right that they've earned. A hundred percent. They still have two cup yeah. finals to play for. We yeah. have fuck all to play yeah. for. Like that's and this is Guardiola to a max, being like, okay, I'm going to have you rotate because my stars are saving themselves and understandable. So I'm going to say, hey. You know, uh, Rico Lewis, go show me you're going to stay on the team. Go show me you can play at this level. Go show me that you're going to fight for the badge. All those things. Like, this just played into his hand. And, I, and obviously, we'll get into it here in a second. But, yeah, Chelsea didn't 
I don't know. We we didn't get it across the line, but you know, what what were your expectations at this point, ladies and gentlemen? Like it's just not that was not our role to play the way the season has gone. So, anyways, we're gonna take an ad break when we get back, jump into the first half, see what we can pull out of that one. Thank you to the sponsors, and we'll be right back. Bet you didn't see this coming. Hope you're ready to hear editor Jake's voice for a while in the ads. Ha <laughs> ha. This time we're coming with Shady Rays. Kick off the new year with new gear built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered from the sun to the slopes with premium polarized shades, customizable snow goggles, and more. Shady Rays is a world-class sunglasses company, independently built, that'll have you thinking you're wearing some of the world's top brands that you already know with durable frames and extremely clear optics. Not only clear optics, but clear ethics as well, having donated over 20 million meals to fight hunger with Feeding America. Something that we have done at London's Blue Podcast. So, and if you're worried you won't like your pair, they will exchange it, they'll give you a new pair, or you can return them for free within 30 days. And if you're worried you might break them, thanks to lost and broken replacements, you can get a replacement pair, no questions asked, anytime. Exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving out the best deal of the new year. Go to ShadyRays.com and use code LONDONISBLUE, all one word, all caps, for 50% off two plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. That's right. London is blue, all caps, spelled just like the podcast. You know, the podcast you're listening to right now. You can see it in the title. All caps, one word, 50% off, two plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try it out for yourself. The Shades rated five stars by over 200,000 people. Back we are. First half, Chelsea were able to keep City at bay at least 10 minutes, right? Uh, and obviously, Alvarez got the goal. Uh, I wasn't a big fan of that goal. thought it was pretty soft. Obviously, one mistake. And this kind of opened me up into like a bit of a cup of spiral, Dan. I don't know if we want to go there right away, but uh, a, a little bit of sloppy from Chelsea. And, and of course, City, being in such good form they are, were clinical and, and took advantage of it. It was not ideal. None of it was ideal, so we can just get wow. that out of the way. Hard, hard take, Dan. Thanks. <laughs> Again, I I don't know if anyone was coming into this conversation expecting that Chelsea were going to do anything different than just try to hold off and keep them at arm's length as long as possible because the same problems we've had for the entirety of the season are the same problems we're having in game week 36 for us. It's just the way it is that this this team even with rotation even in bringing other players in nick just continues to be the same team they are who we thought they were yeah i mean look this was a spacing issue to the extreme right you play back four for three straight matches and then you revert back to a back three trevo only playing his second match at left center back tiago silva in really bad positioning if we can just be honest about it they're the space between those players you could have driven a bus through. Uh, and it turns out Julian Alvarez is a fucking good player and that he effortlessly put it past Keppa uh, to, to put it in the back of the net. I don't blame that one on Keppa. Do I think he should have got a hand to it? Of course. But like the, the, the bad deed was already done <laughs> at that point. Uh, Tiago Silva was in really bad positioning, couldn't cut off the pass and, once you put Alvarez in on goal, it's it's blouses. I mean that that kid is good. I mean the, they got him for for pennies on the dollar too last summer, and I was like, fuck, like y- we gotta get better at that sort of buying than than we have been. Like we absolutely have to. And you know what? They made us pay for it, and that is football. You know they were going crazy. I think because they are not the starters though, like that city press got uh it was almost non-existent the rest of the match like they they went really hard at us in the first half and you know lee dixon was really enjoying piling on uh via the nbc commentary every time that we would do something uh not so great but you know i think we actually weathered that storm pretty well like you know you've seen us this year dan when you give up a goal early the team kind of drops its head and goes into a shell and doesn't fight back and I actually think we did fight back I mean obviously we'll talk about a couple of of big moments coming up here but uh you you could have you could have seen this team go in a complete opposite direction I was happy that they didn't for the most part well even the players that were called upon in this game by Pep 
Palmer in particular, I think, was giving Chelsea a lot of trouble mm-hmm. on the right-hand side, particularly with Aspie and Fofana struggling a couple of unfortunate passes that did not connect with a Chelsea blue. They connected with a City blue, the, uh, the, the blue of the sky. It was like it was planned for the day, the type of commentary that we were getting about how perfect it was and how everything was falling for City in this day and in this match. But I think, Brandon, it really wasn't until like the 30th minute or so when we started to kind of find all the right spacing. We were getting our ability to kind of play him further forward. We were finding a couple of opportunities. We certainly had the one shot, you know, in the 33rd minute constitutes a big chance. Like, we, we worked our way back into it after going down, which from a resiliency standpoint, it was nice to see. Yeah, I, I'm for sure. You know, heads didn't drop, right? I think that that was good. Um, Chelsea knew that they probably did have an opportunity if they could sneak one by City. This is the chance. Uh, you would have imagined that it would have been Raheem Sterling, the most motivated out there, having just been on that team not 12 months ago. Uh, but I think he knew what he was giving up to to come to Chelsea and clearly he had other ideas of what he wanted to accomplish and uh 33rd minute he could have could have done it i mean he had he sure could have yeah he had the opportunity he had a few today too but um you know I, like credit for getting in the right position everyone as fans simultaneously groaning as it didn't come off yet again and i think that that's probably kind of summed up his season a little bit Right, I even think to like Dortmund when we were there, Nick, he had about three breakaways, and even when he had like an absolute one on one with the keeper, and he got towards the top of the box, and he just he couldn't make a decision. He just didn't know what to do at that moment, which is weird because we bought him because he's a veteran, he's played in big games, he's a big game player, he'll be a leader, and 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 unfortunately the season's been so shit that it's curbed his his superpowers. Yeah, I mean, uh, he had that one kind of one-on-one with their backup keeper where a confident Raheem Sterling would have easily chipped him and put it into the back of the net and hit it straight at it. Ortega, I believe is his name. And I I just, I I don't know what it is. I think Potch is going to have to put an arm around him and a lot of the attackers, frankly, and figure out, mentally what's going on when when making decisions one-on-one with goalkeeper i mean there have been no shortage of big chances that we have missed this year i think we have the most big chances missed in the whole premier league by a fair it's a distant margin and that has to change i mean erling holland on his own has more goals than we do as a team in the league this year that's that's just not sustainable you want you want to know why we're in fucking 12th it's that like we can't convert chances we couldn't convert the the chance when when connor had it against the post kind of crashing the the back post like it's it's a real problem um and yes team has scored goals over the last couple of weeks but you know you you only get so many of these chances a game and the good teams bury them alvarez buried his they didn't have a whole lot more, but they won. We have as many goals as Erling oh, Holland in the you're right. League. 36. 36. We're level on goals with Holland. Uh, but Everton, Southampton, Wolves, they're under him on that one. So just, you know, thought I'd point that out. Um, I, you know, yeah. Um, I think I'll save the cup of stuff for KSL. I've already kind of been compiling notes and things like that. But um, my hint into that is if his best season makes me feel like city's backup goalkeeper is better than him based on the day, it's not, that's not a good look for him. And so it it just makes you wonder how many other people could we potentially have uh, to fill that role? Because we've been let down time after time, even though he had a pretty good start to the season. Uh, Second half uh, made some changes, right? A little, little shake it up a little bit, see what we can do. Uh, We had the first save Mudrick coming in with Matawake in the 69th minute. You're like, yes, attacking pace, Dan, directness, like, let's go. This is aggressive. And, uh, you know, it was, it was for a time. Um, Matawake continued to show some of his flashes, but, you know, neither of them could really get into it. And if you look at the stats, they definitely say our left side was far stronger than our right side throughout the entirety of the match. I don't know if you felt like um, 
you can make a difference. I mean, the, 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 the lazy argument is, well, Aspie's old, Lewis Hall is young, Lewis Hall ran, Aspie didn't. But I felt like Aspie ran, he put in the effort. But I guess it just looked like Lewis Hall was more effective maybe with like the triangle of Raheem, Ruben, and Lewis. Yeah, that feels right. The combo that Lewis was working with felt like it was doing a little more to try to move the ball forward to try to get into space. I think, again, it was just the repeat of problem is not getting up into the box. Problem is taking the shot and getting it into the back of the net. And, again, I I don't know, just... Give me the first choice goalkeeper. Don't give me a backup anymore. I never want to face the backup because somehow they play exceptionally well on the day. <laughs> Just continue to find a way to make our lives absolutely frustrating. But, I mean, look, Mudrick and Medawake getting minutes makes a lot of sense. It, they're players who are contract with the club for a long time. You have to continue to get them opportunities. I mean, there are others like, you know, Gallagher, I thought, had a strong day out. I know there's some questions about, well, why didn't Chuck Omega start? Like, Chuck Omega's also coming out, like, cold. And Gallagher has come in, putting in attacking performances yeah. today. Just where he's at from a standard point is at a higher level of Chuck Omega. And so I think you have to balance this in some way. And it's it's like Jenga, you know, 10, 15, 20 moves in, Nick. It's not perfect. It's not super stable, but you do have to take into consideration some of the blocks, and every every selection you make means something else has to move around, and you have to add some level of individual who's played at this level before with maybe someone who hasn't had that opportunity and give them a little bit of shelter. Otherwise, you, you might risk giving them a really rough day out. Yeah, I mean, of course, I, I think there's an argument to be made to give all these guys a lot more playing time than maybe what we're seeing right now, right? Like, I understand why people are frustrated because basically the minute that we won against Bournemouth, the season was over, right? We were safe and secure, and, you know, why not give some of these young cats a rollout to get them ready for what the level is? And, of course, against City, the level is high, and we know because Chukomeka has played against City in both of the the League Cup and the FA Cup. And he played relatively effectively. I mean, he could have scored um, in in the League Cup against them. That, yeah, I think people are frustrated. I think they want to see a lot more of Mudrik. They want to see a lot more Matueke. They want to see David Dacho Fafana get a run out. They want to see less of of your Ziyeshes, less of your whatevers, right? Um, But... It's. I also understand if you're Frank, like it's been such a bad run that you you just you don't want to go down five nil to City because you threw an inexperienced team that doesn't have any sort of gel to them out there to to slaughter. Like I don't think that's good management either. And so I don't know, Brandon. Like I, I'm kind of caught between those two thoughts because I I certainly would like to see Chukameka play last two games of the season i would like to see a lot of the subs play uh a lot more but you know i think frank is kind of looking at this going my managerial year might have just put me out for a long time from people being scared to hire me and i don't want to go down in total flames right i think when this is my this is my guess i think when frank took over he thought there was like a five percent chance if he went on a good run he might get the job right that very quickly evaporated <laughs> very quickly minutes into his tenure from yeah. everything we've heard from inside the camp right that's been reported is that it's a bit of a mess at Chelsea right now i don't think that's going to surprise anybody for obvious reasons this is the fourth ish manager of the season the players are tired right they are over this understandably so they are in a fortunate position to play football for a career and make a shit ton of money doing it. But even they have like limits to the disaster. So now Lampard has to come in and go, all right, I'm going to try to turn around, try to turn around. It's not working. And now he goes, all right, well, if I can't convince people with the results, right? Winning three points, I got to figure out another way to spin this and then it's good. And so he was being maybe a little bit too honest right here. And I get it. 
Like if I'm him, Dan, I 100% am going to start positioning myself as like, look, I'm doing the best I can here. It's obviously a tough situation. I've got ideas, but you know, it's just not the right time to maybe implement some things. So I'm just trying to play it safe and keep the keep the ship afloat at this point. And what that means is Carnes isn't really going to play much, right? I don't know why he got called out, Chuck Wameka perspective, but like Pulisic hasn't played, Buddy Shield didn't play for a long time, still isn't playing. Like Trevo just recently started playing. He's had a lot of different choices to make, and it's can pretty been pretty consistent. Uh, my confusion is all of the chops and the changes. I think that's what he's going to need to answer in these interviews, not why did you not play a young player like Chuck Wameka. To me, I think that that's not the question he's going to get in his next job interview. Yeah, it seems to me that this came on the back of the news that he didn't get the or refuse kind of the call up to stay at Chelsea versus going with the England uh, under-20 squad for, for their matches. And so I think that's where the question comes from. But it is something where I I don't know why we refused the call-up because seemingly I don't I didn't see him getting minutes until the end of the, you know, before the end or maybe the last match of the season, given the fact you're also trying to see is Gallagher going gonna to be someone that you – keep around next year or is he going to be one of the players that you sell to offset the books like there's a lot of consideration for some of the other players who who play today too not just Chuck Wameka. and so I I get Frank's answer but also like maybe not the right wording when kind of talking about it from the lens of the job I think it would be better maybe to frame it back to the you know, look, we, we've got a lot of players that we're trying to get opportunities for. We're going to get as many as we can in the right moments. And, you know, I'm, I'm, like that might have been might have avoided people taking criticism with the way that he worded this. Hey, cover your ass policy in full force. Uh, it is really getting to the point where nobody can win at this rate, unfortunately. So uh, let's go ahead and wrap the season as quickly as possible. We're going to take our our last ad break when we get back, uh, moving on to Summer Stockwatch. Thank you the sponsors, and we'll be right back. Are you missing out on your favorite shows because it's not available in your region? Trying to keep your private time private? Well, let me introduce you to NordVPN. If you're bored of the U.S. Netflix, why not just take it for a spin in the U.K.? Using NordVPN and a click of a button, you can do just that. No need to travel to Japan for your favorite anime when NordVPN brings it right to you. With 5,000-plus servers, no show is out of your reach. Using my link, nordvpn.com forward slash London is blue. You can receive a huge discount on a two-year plan with one month free. We all love to binge, but privacy is a big deal too. NordVPN keeps your information encrypted so you never have to worry about your IP or location getting out. They've also doubled down on keeping you safe with their new threat protection feature. Say goodbye to intrusive website ads and malware. Even if you download an infected file, threat protection kicks in and deletes it before it makes a mess of your computer. Don't forget, there's literally no risk to you with our 30-day money-back guarantee. Give it a try, and if you like it, great. If you don't, they'll issue a refund, and you can pretend the entire situation never happened. Check it out. My link, nordvpn.com forward slash London is blue to get your subscription started today. All right, we got a couple players we want to talk about here making their case to stay or become more of a crucial part of the team next season. Uh, on the rise, we've seen Lewis Hall absolutely come in as expected and do the damn job, right? Ever since we lost uh, Chili B, Cucurella, at this point, you're like, well, what do we do? Do we play Aspie at left wing back? Do we see if Ruben can do it? Maybe Trevo can. Oh, yeah, we got Lewis Hall, a left-footed center mid in the academy who also debut, who also twilights as a left wing back. And uh, he's done well, Nick, right? Is he flawless? Yep. No. Has he been better than most? Yes. Like, from a, an emergency option, he's above average. Definitely. I mean, he's a Premier League player. Let's just flat out say that. He has the technical ability and the drive uh, to, to make it in the Premier League. I think if Mauricio Pochettino is looking at his tape this season, that is a young player that you can work with uh, because I think he's already at the level. I mean, not only has he played in the Premier League much more than we thought he was going to do, um, he's played well. I mean, he, he doesn't get scared taking players on. Of course, 
he's not a left back or a left wing back. So his defensive positioning can get a little uh, dicey at times. Like that's something that, you know, whatever I, I, I look past because the point in the season that we're at and all this other context that we've already thrown in, but as a player, again, very unlucky to score today from left wing back, right? I don't know what it is about our wing backs having better shots on target than our forwards, but here we are. Um, and I, I just, I think the world of this kid, like I, I can't imagine how difficult it's been for him, Dan, to come in and be a part of this absolute colossal shit show that there has been this year and to be asked to play a position multiple times that isn't anywhere close to what you grew up playing and to play it at a Premier League level. This is the third time he's faced City this year, by the way, and I think has acquitted himself relatively well in those games. To me, uh, this is one that I know we're going to have as as a conversation point for KSL. And again, I, I have to iterate, if I'm Mauricio Pochettino, I like a lot of what I'm seeing. It'll be interesting to see when you think about Ian Monson coming back with Lewis Hall there. Can you move on Kukurea potentially during the summer? There are going to be a lot of decisions that we get into from a KSL perspective. I mean, there was the only the one disallowed goal where it went off of Morris's arm where Hall really got done. But outside of that, you weren't seeing mistakes happen on his side of the pitch. And in general, like he was looking to find ways in, looking to advance the ball. And so just in general, happy with the performance, happy with what he did and you know, happy to see more of him and we'll figure out what that where that is next season whether that's with the Chelsea first team or on loan or some other configuration yeah he needs to be challenged uh in the the full men's game next season one way or another and um I don't know depending on what happens with with Chilwell and Cugurella if if you keep both then he needs to find minutes elsewhere if whenever whatever reason one of those two are not here brilliant opportunity to to deputize uh, it sounds like Dan was watching Ian Matson's IG live. Yeah, there you go, Dan. Nice. You know, bored on the weekend. You got to find something to do. Yeah. Uh, just a special shout out for Enzo, uh, just for someone who, who worked his socks off. I know he got slated on American commentary a little bit. Not really sure why. Uh, he's going to be here forever. Price tag. What? The, pr- the price tag will continue to be the reason why yeah. he is called out. And that's just the situation. Well. Uh, lazy punditry does not win awards. Uh, Ruben Loftus-Cheek, I what I don't know. Like, great for him. Is it a little bit too late? Is it not consistent enough? Seems to have been pretty healthy this season for the most part, which is good. Um, he's he's. We know he can go box to box. At some points, Nick, he was running past Man City midfielders. Like he was able to break lines on the dribble. And so, uh, I don't know. Uh, we, this is now the seventh season running that we don't know what to do with Ruben Loftus-Cheek. I mean, like, let's just put it out there. The reports are that he's going to sign for Milan in the summer. AC. And, yeah, AC Milan. <laughs> yeah. Milan. Um, you know, Inter is Inter, right? Um, but I think the what this performance made me feel like is nostalgic for his 2019 form when he got a real run that that spring under sorry on that left hand side was able to drive the ball forward was able to make a lot of plays out of that position i think looked pretty solid defensively and this is this is a player that i know that there are a lot of split opinions on and, and rightfully so. He's not always been consistent, and he's certainly not been healthy. And I wouldn't call him a defensive wizard. But you can have all that as an argument, and I will take his driving of the ball ability. Like, his his driving ability is better than anyone else in the team for me. I, I just don't know of anyone else in our squad who can keep the ball like he can moving forward and bully people when he wants to, right? The great question is why doesn't he do this all the time? Fair enough, fair enough point. But that was kind of my take on him today. And, you know, again, I, if he moves, I'm going to wish him well and, and hope that he does great in the future, just like we have with almost all of our uh, former players. Uh, but it, it made me a little nostalgic, Dan. That's all. Seven ground duels attempted, 6-1 three dribbles attempted to succeeded. He had a little bit of what 
Kovacic prior to the back half or early parts of this season in prior seasons did really well moving the ball forward box to box keeping in and retaining possessions doing it both from like a diagonal perspective too and kind of the windy runs throughout the pitch wherever there was available space and look the type of replacement player either as a academy promote who is going to be less experienced who's going to maybe not be as uh, maybe more mistake prone or having to bring someone in to bring that you know bring that skill and ability both have a, a cost either in terms of the performance mm-hmm. and the depth of the squad that you're going to want to have for next season or in a material dollars and cents cost or uh, pounds and sterling cost and so i think the thing maybe to keep in mind is that he probably fits perfectly right now the role of a rotational squad player the question is 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 that what he wants at this point in his career and with his contract with chelsea winding down or is the rumored move or moves that we'll kind of talk about in this roundup of, of news stories is that because of a desire to start, a desire to play more regularly than he's getting an opportunity to at Chelsea. I think I think that's what he had to choose on his last contract extension. He chose to stay and, and fight and probably accepted that role. I think he's still on pretty good money. He's got that Cobham premium, but I could be wrong, obviously. I uh, don't know all of his financials. It, it, again, every time his contract comes up, it's like we're in this weird flux position He's played some minutes that probably just enough to keep him around or keep him interested. But I'm sure after watching what Tammy's done with Roma, getting to the Europe League final, uh, what Fix done having won a Serie Tato, like, I, they, they might be itching. That's all I'm saying. Might be itching. So, anyways, um, moving on uh, is is Nick kind of transitioned us already to uh, reporting roundup. Some latest news and rumors, and you had Fabrizio saying that Ruben Loftusik is potentially going to Ames Milan. Apparently, there's concrete talks. He's the priority to target to rebuild their midfield. Sounds like he's keen on the move as the negotiation is progressing very well. We'll have to wait and see how that goes. That just means we need more midfielders this summer. Yay! Well, and, and and again, like part of the reason that Phil has been so adamant, and I think this is a correct opinion. If it costs anything to replace these guys, you need to have a thought about it, right? Because Chelsea are not in a position right now to go spend another 600 million pounds to replace the whole team. So if, you, if you're convinced, as Mauricio Pochettino might be, that Lewis Hall or Charney, Carney Chukameka or someone could fill the Ruben Loftus-Cheek-sized hole in your team and they already exist, then okay, fair enough. But if you're going to have to go recruit to replace him, that doesn't make any fucking sense. And, and I think that is the, the kind of like broader Cobham pipeline line that I just want to kind of make known here that, you know, it's not it's not as if Chelsea are blessed with a immense amount of healthy midfielders today. But, yeah, the, you start playing a three midfield combo and, and spaces get tight pretty quick, especially if Mason stays. Yeah, that I mean that that is very true. Uh in, in which, yeah, we gotta get that sorted. Thank you for opening that wound. Uh yep, record Portugal reporting Chelsea are in the battle for uh, Uarte with Liverpool and Villa. Villa of all people. Apparently I have two hundred million to spend this summer, Dan, so watch out. But um, a lot of people have been talking about the sporting Lisbon midfielder could do a double Portuguese Portugal League swoop. It is an option, you know, with McAllister looking likely to go to Liverpool, that means that they might be less likely to go after another midfielder or might be less of a priority for them. I think his release clause is around 60 million euros, so it is not a cheap exit. And uh, also Benfica, Sporting, and um, uh, one other club are under investigation at the moment right now for the big three uh, Porto. Yeah. yeah the, the big three Porto are under investigation for irregularities. So be very interested to see if that does or doesn't change any incomings or outgoings from their perspective. So that would just be something to kind of keep in the background, but look, we need a midfielder. He would be a good option. So expect his name to get continue to link 
to Chelsea throughout the majority of the window as long as uh, he isn't signed for another club. But, I mean, record, we're also the same source that we're reporting a lot of information when we were going after Enzo. And so, like, this is, you know, record is a good source. So it is usually briefed from the club side or from the agent side on there. We know that Ugarte is a Mendez player too. So just keep that in mind and you know, that Mendez definitely loves to uh, make use of anything in his arsenal to try to get his players the move that they were looking for. Keep it classy, San Diego. Uh, and then apparently a new striker, uh, Fabrizio Romano, again on the double here, Nick, saying that uh, Chelsea are toying around with an €80 million Euro bid for Dusan Vlaovic at Juventus. He's one of many strikers appreciated at the club, but no bid are talks. Apparently Bayern and Man United are also in the race for him. Uh, look, if you want an opinion, I'm just saying go check out at Chicago Dimitri. He's got the stats. He's got the receipts. This guy's record was amazing when he went there from Fiorentina, and it is just the bottom's falling out. Yeah, it 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 feels like inflation has hit the prices of of Serie A strikers recently, and uh, this is the latest culprit. I, I don't. I'm not a scout. I've seen him play. I think that there's talent there, but I always question the physicality uh, coming from other leagues into the Premier League because it is such a demanding physical league. It's why some players make it and others don't. It's why Erling Holland has made it and and maybe some others haven't. And so I, I just I hope that the Chelsea brass are going to make the correct choice on striker that fits into you know not only what we need from like an output standpoint but will fit the pace of play and style of the league as well because we don't have European football next year like it anyone who has is touting their record in Europe doesn't really matter for us until we get back into that competition so we need someone ready made for the Premier League period the stats aren't great long story short uh, a tweet from 11 hours ago from Dimitri saying um, Vlavic is, if you look at his player radar, it's essentially the same guy at Fiorentina who killed it. The difference is at Juventus, he didn't overperform his XG by 50%. And then he said in February 9th, since joining Juventus over a year ago, Vlavic scored six league goals against teams in the top half of Serie A. This guy is the first human being to be constructed entirely out of red flags. Oh my God. Again, Dimitri. one opinion, on. one opinion. This is where I'm getting my news from to start. I'm happy to hear from other things, but it's, uh, yeah, looking a little, a lot to be proven out on this one. We still got to figure out what we're doing Lukaku, ladies and gentlemen, before we start throwing around 80 million bids, European, you know, Euro bids for other strikers. No day into the match, obvious reasons, formality, uh, but we have a little bit of movement in the table. Dan, I, I don't know if you want to walk us through some of the results and what that means for top four, uh, for relegation, but uh, there's a little bit of movement, not too much. Well, we saw Wolves and Everton all level, one apiece. You saw Villa and Liverpool also all evens, one apiece. Man United beating Bournemouth, one nothing. Forest beating Arsenal, <laughs> one nothing. Securing safety and making sure that Arsenal do not finish as title elect champions whatever we want to call it whatever we want to frame it they didn't do it they didn't get the job done it's great west ham beating leeds three to one and so no 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 leeds are potentially going down feels pretty good going down brighton leeds are going down no 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 good sorry Brighton winning 3-1 over the already down southampton and then man city beating us one nothing and so as it stands Man City, of course, on top of the table, seven points ahead of Arsenal with two games left to play to Arsenal's one. Newcastle at 69 points alongside Manchester United, Liverpool at 66. And so uh, looking very unlikely that Liverpool are going to be in the Champions League next season. Uh, Brighton, though, uh, making sure that they stay in a European spot alongside Aston Villa with Tottenham on 57 points in eighth place. So very, very interesting end of the season with Leeds right now, Leicester and Southampton in the relegation zone. Huge weekend for Everton on 33 points. So they might just escape the drop and leads Leicester and Southampton three regular Premier League teams 
will be going down. Yeah, I mean, Leeds haven't been around that long. But yeah, definitely Leicester City, Southampton for sure. I think Southampton been up for 11 seasons at this point. It was not that long ago. Was that 2016 when Leicester City won the Premier League? Like seven seasons ago, and now they're getting relegated, which is wild. Um, Le- Leicester, Leicester, uh, they're in a tough spot here. Like they're, they're two matches to almost, play. Yeah, but they've only won one of their last five, get, drawing two as well. Yeah, no, no bueno. I, I was happy that Forest were able to stay up. Um, I think most people around the league will. Uh, sing the praises of, of Cooper, their manager. And, um, you know, again, them beating Arsenal to stay up is just a, a magic touch for us. So uh, really cool stuff. And glad we were able to uh, give them two of their points this season. Yeah, Leicester take on Newcastle, I think, uh, Monday. And again, Newcastle need the points to just put it away, be done with it. Um, so we'll see what they do. Only like weird amalgamation uh, situation might be Dan. Whereas liver, if Man United somehow lose to us and lose the last game of the season and they're level on points and Liverpool win, Liverpool are up big on goal difference. And that would be a hilarious way for Manchester United to drop out of the champions league. But otherwise you got Liverpool, Brighton and Europa and Villa in conference as it stands. So a lot to still play for this season. Not for us. Wild. (laughs) <laughs> Not for us, though, but, uh, you know, everybody else around us. So, anyways, we're going to wrap there. Uh, check your content. We got a lot going on this week, don't we? Don't we, Nick? Lots going on this week. And that's special. Uh, it's about time. Yep. We're talking to, to good old friend, Nizar Kinsla, again, uh, because that's what, we, that's what we do. We missed him on the show. Uh, we have two CFC uh, Central specials coming up this week, and, of course, we'll be reviewing the United match, which is happening on Thursday for your Friday morning. And then we're into the last week of the season uh, after after we play uh, Newcastle at home. We'll have the Newcastle match review. We'll do our season and review uh, episodes. We'll have a Matt Law special. And then good old friends Rick Glanville and Gary Barone are coming back for their first famous CFC sent, uh famous CFC special. So oh, it's going to be a packed summer for them. Really excited. We have eight episodes in a row coming out uh, as Chelsea head into the summer tour. So it's going to be a fun uh, June and July there. So look, 10 pods, two weeks. That's what we got. I don't know what else you can want from us. Come on. That's that's what we have to offer. We hope you sure appreciate it. Uh, we're putting in the work, trying to get this season turned around as best we can. But anyways, that's going to wrap us up. Check us out on YouTube. Uh, check us out on social media, all the fun stuff. And if you haven't left a five-star review and you're still listening, well, you might as well do it. We'd appreciate you big time so anyways until next time Chelsea fans you know what to do keep the blue flag flying high